0: and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And
1: I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Call us right now with your home improvement question. The number is one 888 Pit 888-666-3974. We're going to help you get those projects done. Are you thinking about some New Year's resolutions for your home? We'll help you pick the right ones and try to figure out if you can do it yourself or if you need to direct it yourself. Or if you try to do it yourself, we'll prevent you from becoming a do-it-to-yourself for all possible on today's program, 888-666-3974. Now, this is truly a do-it-yourself project, installing insulation in your attic. You know, your attic might be a good place for uh, storing stuff, but it's also the perfect place for insulating. The question is, how do those two needs sort of work together? How can you store a lot of stuff and have a lot of insulation at the same time? We're going to tell you exactly how to balance that and how to insulate your house so you can have both in just a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. And adding the insulation is going to help you save some energy dollars, which is fantastic. We've got some more tips about saving energy and money, which we are all looking to do, especially after the big holiday shindigs. So if you're looking to save some cash, lower the temperature of your thermostat by two degrees this winter. That's all you have to do. It's a super small change and it can actually save you 10% on your energy bills. We're going to explain it all for you in just a few minutes.
0: another way to feel warm in your house is to actually use a humidifier because moist air is warm air. Dry air feels really cold. So we're going to talk to you this hour about humidifiers, how to choose the right one for your house, and how to get an automated control that will actually set the humidity 24-7, 365 without you ever having to touch it. Some new technology coming up in just a bit.
1: And tis the winter season where lots of snow is visiting us in many parts of the country. So we have got a great prize for you. We're giving away a Snow Joe electric snow thrower. It's worth 250 buckaroos. It is a great prize that will make short work of your shoveling duties.
0: So pick up the phone and give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get right to the phones. Leslie, who's first?
1: Ron, in Alaska, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Hey, I have a
2: big problem with my home carpet. Okay. Um, you know, the main trailways, and, you know, our hallways, and and right by, you know, the little eating nook that we have in our kitchen. We've wanted to change our carpet out, but it's anywhere from 5,500 to 8,900. And I, I need something that will take up stains out of carpet so that I don't have to replace my whole doggone house worth of carpet.
0: Have you thought about just renting a carpet cleaner? Like a steam cleaner. Doing it professionally? We
2: have steam cleaned that stuff four or five times
0: ourselves. Well, if you've you've done that, I hate to tell you, but if you've done that... That stain's set in there. There's no stain to remove. You're looking at probably a discoloration that could be the result of whatever spilled on there causing a chemical reaction that has physically changed the color of that carpet fiber itself. There's nothing on top of it... That you can pull off of it. You understand what I mean?
3: So, do you have any ideas uh, to.
0: How about, you uh, know, re- uh, Leslie, how about redying the carpet?
1: Yeah. Um, there are kits available on the market. There's even spot dye kits where you can try to match the existing color of your carpet and just sort of work on specific stain areas. I think for you, the best bet is probably to just redye the entire carpet a different color. Um, okay, where, I, do you,
3: where do you buy dye from? Where, where do you get that kind of thing from? There's a
1: website called Americolor Dyes, and it's A M E R I C O L O R D Y E S dot com. Americolor okay. Dyes. You can find kits, you can find pens, you can find spot dyeing kits. They'll give you all the instructions for it. I would say try it in one room. First, just to see how you like the results and make sure that you're happy with it before you sort of tackle the entire first floor. You know, worse comes to worse, you've at least changed it for a little while longer.
0: And Ron, remember, okay. be careful applying that stuff. There's a reason they call it dye.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Yes. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Ron. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Janet in New York is dealing with my biggest pet peeve, painted bricks. Tell us about it.
2: Uh, yes bought this house and the brick on the front of the house was painted white and we got a power washer and we power washed most of it off. Now there's some little flecks left on the brick and also under the overhang the paint didn't come off because I guess it wasn't weathered enough. Is there anything that I can do to get the paint that's under the overhangs off Is anything chemical I can use? Yeah have you
0: tried any of the stripping products yet?
2: I tried this foam stuff that you put on and then you put a plastic sheet over it Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to let it sit for 24 to 48 hours. And it took some of it off, but it must be several layers because it seemed like it took one layer off, but there's still more underneath it.
0: Well, look, there's nothing easy about stripping paint, but what I would recommend you try is a paint stripper called Citrus Strip. Which is uh, at citrusstrip.com, and there's only one in this, S in that, so it's C-I-T-R-I-S-T-R-I-P.com. It's a safer formula. It removes paint, it removes varnish, and it can uh, really get the house ready for a new look. So I would give that a shot. It's a good product. works very well, and hopefully it'll get off the rest of that brick.
1: Okay. Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome, Janet. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: David in Tennessee needs some help with a tiling project. Tell us what's going on.
2: Yeah, we had new tile put in both bathrooms. And the tile's not level.
1: Okay.
0: And
2: so when we put the toilets back down, uh, they rock a little bit. I went to the home store and they had me put these little plastic wedges in there. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good answer to the problem. They, They come out and they... And I really don't know what to do. I've thought about putting two... Uh, wax seals in there, but I don't really know what else to do.
0: Well, that's probably not going to work either because the wax seal is going to settle down and you're eventually going to have that movement. And if you do, it'll break the wax seal. I think you're on the right track here with those little um, plastic wedges. But what you want to do is actually cut them off and have them slip just under the edge of the toilet. And then I want you to caulk them in, in place by running a bead of silicone caulk all around the outside. In fact, you can put a little bit of caulk underneath it and over it because it tends to think of it as sort of gluing them in place, David, and that will hold them there, and you'll, you'll be allowed to have a little bit of movement, and they won't come out. Okay. Good deal. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, David. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit.
1: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Pick up the phone and give us a call with your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT.
0: 888-666-3974. Up next, why your attic is the key to saving money, energy, and the environment after this. 888-MONEY.
4: This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to aprilair.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie.
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Scretti. And if you pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, you will not only get the answer to your home improvement dilemma, which has probably been waiting all of 2008 to get done. And guess what? Now you've got 2009 on the way to tackle all of those home improvement chores. We are giving away a great prize. So pick up the phone and ask us your question at 888-MONEY-PIT. This hour, we've got a Snow joke snow thrower ultra it's worth 250 bucks and it's got the power of a gas machine but it's got the convenience reliability and affordability of an electric machine plus it can move up to 800 pounds of snow per minute try doing that with your shovel and see how your back feels (laughs) so call us for your chance to win this great prize
0: 888-666-3974 well You might not know that your attic actually plays a huge part in keeping your heating bills down. Having enough insulation is probably the single most important thing that you can do to cut energy costs, to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from your home all at the same time. In fact, the experts at Owens Corning say that we need 19 inches of fiberglass bat insulation or 22 inches of blown insulation to properly do the job.
1: Now, you're probably wondering, how can I have storage in my attic and all that insulation that I need? Well, the answer is that you can't. But you can strike a happy medium by maintaining two levels of insulation. One that's kept only up to the height of the floor joist so that you can add a floor and storage, and then other areas where you want to double that for every place else.
0: Now just as important you want to make sure your insulation is doing its job properly by maintaining a dry and a well ventilated attic. Actually, attics should be very drafty. A drafty attic is a good thing. A drafty house not so much, but a drafty attic is good and if you find you need to add more insulation, make sure you use unfaced fiberglass bats. This will help avoid trapping moisture between the original insulation and the new stuff. If you want more tips, there is a fantastic guide online that you can download from the experts at Owens Corning. It is called the Homeowner's Guide to Insulation and it's at insulateandsave.com. insulateandsave.com. Go there today. You will both insulateandsave.com.
1: Lauren in Massachusetts needs some help with an exterior staircase. What's going on?
2: Hi. Um, I'm calling about my my cast iron railings that came out of the cement Stairs. Okay. They just they rusted out. Okay. And, uh, I don't know whether to. I really don't know what to do to fix them. So I was hoping you could help us out. Are all
0: the posts rusted off, or just one or two?
2: Just the top ones on each side.
0: Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, so
2: there's three posts all together. So just the top two.
0: Okay. Well, what you could do is disassemble the railing, and um, you're going to have to sort of drill out the rusted area, and yep. open up that hole. You may have to do a lot of chisel work and hand work to get it sort of opened up again, and what mm-hmm. you can do is you can use essentially what will be sort of a metal strap. You can get some metal um, bar that's like one-inch wide by about an eighth of an inch thick or angle iron, and that part of it would be dropped into the hole and sealed in place with an epoxy cement, and then the upper part would be mechanically attached to the railing.
2: Okay.
4: Oh, I see what you're saying. Sort
0: of like a a splint. Right. Like a splint. You're kind of of adding on to the end of it that way. And you know what? When it's all put together and bolted together and painted flat black, it'll all blend in. You won't notice it.
2: That's excellent because I didn't want to have to get brand new ones or or build a wooden.
0: Yeah, it's real common. The water just collects in those holes and they just rust them away. So that's that's a way to fix it. You know, it's a good half day job, but it'll come out nice.
1: John in Kentucky needs some help with a garage door. Tell us about the problem.
0: I'm
3: calling about my uh, garage door. I've got a house that's 40 years old, and okay. you know, I think the garage door's the same age. It's a wooden, and the house is settled on the corners uh, of the driveway, and now I'm starting to get gaps, and not only that, part of the garage door is rotten at the bottom, hmm. Okay. and I'm worried because uh, the gaps are getting big enough where our little dog buster, he can get through it, and also other critters can get in, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, we don't really want to pay a lot of money right now to replace it. So I was wanting to know what we could do to fix it, to make a a stopgap measure. And then also, I don't know anything about garage doors.
0: Well, a wooden door is, you know, your traditional garage door, and they are very durable. They also happen to be very, very heavy. Um, The good news is in your situation that you probably have a fairly wide and thick bottom rail to that door, which actually can be cut to the shape of the now settled garage floor. If you were to take, um, say, a block of wood, and there's enough like,
1: sort of on the top to allow for this new part to come down.
0: Yeah, because we're only going to take a little bit off. Basically, you're only going to take off as much wood from the high side as the gap on the low side. If you, if that makes sense to you. Right. Okay. You can take a a, a um, like a compass, and. You can scribe it by holding, like, the metal part of the compass against the floor and drawing a straight line across the door. What will happen is that compass will follow the angle of the floor and transcribe the line up on the door, and that would be the cut line. So you only want to take off enough to level it out. And you could probably do it with a jigsaw and the the door kind of half in the air, sort of blocked open.
3: Okay, really? So a jigsaw would do it?
0: Sure. And then what you want to do is, you know, sand it and smooth it all out. You're going to add some new weather stripping to the whole bottom edge of that door. And that should work really well. It'll come down, it'll be nice and tight, and it'll seal, seal it up.
3: Okay, great. Well, thank you all for
0: your time. I, I really appreciate it. You're welcome, John. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Ben in Massachusetts has a question for Team Money Pit. What can we do for you today?
2: Yes, I'm in the process of uh, covering a shed roof. Okay. First of all, I have a little water in there, and I have this blown-in insulation. Now, is that mildew resistant, first of all?
0: Why do you have uh, insulation in a shed?
2: Well, they, they insulated the whole house. I
0: guess. All right. Must have had some extra, and they insulated the whole thing. All right. And it's a, it's a blown-in insulation? Yes, it is. Well, I don't like it being wet, but if you get it dry, it'll probably be okay.
2: Well, it's dry now. Yeah. Next question is, we put that tar roll, of paper on it. Yes. Whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, And it's kind of laminated to the roof. Okay. Now, do I have to remove that before nah,
0: I... Nah, go around on top of it. Okay, how about... Uh, Insulation board. They, they mentioned I have to put insulation board. Is that? Well, this, this shed is outside? It's outside, yes, sir. No need to insulate it. There's no heat source in it, is there? No, but I mean, and I have the insulation. There's, there's no need to insulate it. Okay, you make it sound easy. Okay, that's what we do. <laughs> ben, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Jocelyn in Utah is looking to put her house on the market and wants to revamp her kitchen cabinets. How can we help? I have 1970s
2: cabinets they're really really dark i've started taking the varnish off now i don't know what else to do with them <laughs> okay a friend of mine told me to paint the them and crackle but i'm not sure i would like to resell the house and i want the best look possible and i don't know what type of paint to use
1: all right are you at a point where the old cabinet is ready to accept a new treatment or do you still need some more work there
2: I still um I'm still working on them. I have half a kitchen to go, but I'm ready to start at least on the part that's bare wood now.
1: Okay. Um, Crackling is a really nice effect. What you can do with a crackle paint is you would paint a base color and it can be something in a similar tone. It can be something super contrasty, like you could do a chocolate brown and then the crackle paint and then a white on top of that. So it gets an interesting sort of contrast underneath that crackle. It is a very specific look. And if you're dealing with a kitchen that sort of has a vintagey country feel, it could be very nice. I think a big trend that we're seeing in kitchen design are super light, very clean cabinets. So I think if you have an opportunity to paint the cabinets a beautiful tone of a white or a vanilla, you know, something in that off-whitish area, just to kind of make the kitchen space pop and feel bigger and feel much cleaner, I think that's going to be very successful. Plus, a neutral space is very nice. And if you're having a hard time with some of the doors, you might want to think about replacing maybe two of the doors, maybe in a key area along the line of cabinets. With something that has a glass front, also just to sort of break up the space and give it something a little bit more focal pointed or featurey in that line of cabinets. Okay. That sounds neat. <laughs> It's a nice project, and if you take the doors off, make sure that you label everything so you know exactly which door and which drawer front go where and leave the hinges on one of the items, either on the door or on the cabinet box itself. So this way you know exactly what goes where. You're not readjusting screws. You know, put some painter's tape on the back side of the cabinet door and on the inside of the cabinet box and put, like, door A so you know where things go.
0: And get okay. it done, Jocelyn. And think of the good—think of the good things about how much money you're going to save on takeout food when you get the kitchen done.
2: I
1: know. I'm tired of eating out. right. <laughs> <I bet.
0: laughs> Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
1: Well, are you finding that the dry winter air is making your throat all scratchy and just not feeling so great? Well, you are not alone, and we can help you feel much better in your home during the winter months. So stick around.
4: Money Pit is brought to you by ThermaTru, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Choose the brand more building professionals prefer and add up to $24,000 to the perceived value of your home. For more information, visit thermatrue.com.
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Call us with your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is one 888 Pit. Call us if you woke up this morning feeling dry and parched because we have a solution. We're going to talk about humidifiers now and. Uh, If you've been cranking your heating system and waking up, feeling dry, feeling parched, maybe feeling a little uncomfortable, it's probably because you don't have enough moisture in the air. And a whole home humidifier can actually fix that problem once and for all.
1: Mm -hmm. And you know, the improper moisture level inside your home, not only does it make you feel terrible, it's actually bad for the house. It can cause your plaster and your paint to chip. And anything that's wood in your home, your flooring, your furniture, trim work, molding, all of that can really dry out and split and crack and can put a whole host of home improvement projects on your honeydew list. So joining us, we've got a guest, Dave Reifsteck from April Air, who's going to talk to us about a whole house humidifier. Welcome, Dave.
0: Hey. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure, Dave. Let's start at the beginning. Can you explain to, uh, to our audience why is it that we feel so uncomfortable in the wintertime? Why is it that we feel so dry and parched? What happens to the humidity? Where does it go?
5: Well, when you turn your heat on any anytime you heat the air, um, you lower its capacity to hold moisture so as the temperature rises, the humidity level starts dropping that 's why you might get itchy skin that 's why your hair might stand on end from static electricity that 's why furniture pulls apart or crown molding, hardwood floors, et etc you've just you 've dropped the level that's, to something approaching 10 to 15% humidity level inside your home. And during the summer months, you're probably used to something around 35 to 50%.
0: Now, it's difficult to maintain that proper level of humidity, though, because uh, the weather's going to change it. If it gets colder outside or warmer outside, the amount of relative humidity in the air is going to shift. You guys actually have a digital humidistat now that makes that whole process a lot easier to manage. Tell us about it.
5: Well, that's right. The latest technology is an automatic uh, humidifier control. It mounts on your return air duct, but it will sense the outdoor temperature. There's a little sensor that runs outside. It'll sense the temperature outside and make as many as 86,000 adjustments per day to your humidifier inside and deliver the exact amount of moisture that you need depending on the conditions, not only outside the home, but inside the home.
1: Well, that's excellent because it really takes the guesswork out as a homeowner, so you're not constantly fidgeting with the control, you know, where it's low, medium, high, or setting an actual humidity, well, the desired humidity level.
5: That's right. You, you, you may make one fine-tune adjustments once you originally have the unit installed at first, but after that, the unit will automatically control it. It's almost a set it and forget it, out of sight, out of mind.
0: Now, does adding a humidifier to a home actually impact your energy bills as well? Because I would think that drier air is not only being uncomfortable, it makes you feel colder. So if you add humidity, doesn't it help you keep the energy or keep the thermostat actually at a lower setting because the air is moister and warmer?
5: That's right. The, the, The higher the humidity, the more comfortable you are at a lower temperature setting. Uh, So you likely, with a a proper humidified home, which would be somewhere in the 30, 35% range, you could dial your thermostat down a few degrees, which means you're saving some of that valuable energy cost these days.
1: Now, Dave, how does this compare to portables? Because I live in a ductless home, if you will. And so I'm forced to deal with portable units. And I have to tell you, every year or two, I don't know if it's that the unit breaks down, but I'm constantly replacing them. I'm trying to figure out, you know, the best location to place it. It's just a lot of maintenance. And it seems to be, you know, a, a large pain in the butt, if you will, to deal with it. But, I mean, you need it in the winter months.
5: Yeah, that's right. Portable units, can they can be labor-intensive. You have to dump the water. You have to clean them. They can be noisy. And most importantly, an installed product like April Air can deliver as much as 50% more moisture. So you have a much higher capacity. Uh, You also have the convenience of not having to deal with the maintenance headaches on a daily or weekly basis, depending how much moisture you're actually putting in the air with it.
0: Well, tell you what, Dave, speaking of uh, maintenance, I spent, I don't know if you know this, but I spent 20 years as a professional home inspector and I inspected a lot of homes. And I very, very frequently found humidifiers that were not working because people didn't maintain them and because they just weren't good units, except when it wasn't April Air. April Air units, regardless of the age, were always working and they always were supplying the moisture into the air. So I got to tell you, I've been a fan of the product. For many, many years, because of that, and uh, I congratulate you on the continued improvements with this uh, with this uh, technology.
5: Well, thanks. April Air has been around a long time, a standard of the industry, and we continue to make improvements like this digital uh, control uh, to make it more convenient and better for the
0: homeowner. All right, thank you so much, Dave Reifstack from April Air. Thanks for uh, being a part of the Money Pit. Thanks, guys.
1: All right, Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Up next, we're going to have a simple and absolutely free tip. You got to love that. That's going to help you save 10% off of your energy bills. We'll tell you what to do right after this.
2: You live in a body
4: For more information, visit thermatrue.com.
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call right now at one 888 Pit because we're running our Money Pit two-for-one special. Yes, not only will you get the answer to your home improvement question, but a chance to win a great prize, which you're going to love, especially if you get dumped on with a snowstorm pretty soon because it's the snow joe ultra snow thrower it's worth 250 bucks it's got the power of gas with the convenience of electric and it will save your aching back this winter you got to be in it to win it the number is one 888 Pit. if you reach us on the air today we will toss your name in the money pit hard hat and possibly pick it to send that snow joe ultra snow thrower to you
1: And once you tackle all of your snow removal chores and get back inside your nice, toasty, warm house, you got to keep in mind that keeping your house too warm is going to cost you a lot of cash. So think about lowering your thermostat two degrees in the winter and raising it two degrees in the summer. It's the magic of two. Two degrees lower, two degrees higher. It can cut your annual heating and cooling bills by more than 10%. That's two for 10. It's an energy saving idea that really adds up, and you will see the difference in your next bill, I promise you.
0: 888 666 3974. Leslie, who's next?
1: John in Pennsylvania needs some help with a tankless water heater. What's going on? I
3: had a, a hot water heater that is tankless installed in my house okay. uh, professionally by a plumber, and uh, it didn't originally work properly because it has two settings uh, inside for high pressure natural gas or low pressure natural gas. Um, they had uh, changed the setting and it seemed to work fine. In the summertime, in the warmer months, it, I have to reset it to get it to work. And it seems to be a daily thing. Uh, but when it starts to get a little bit colder outside, uh, it's, it, does, it starts working better and I don't normally have to reset it. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine who is a plumber And he said that there's a good chance that the supplier of the natural gas will turn the pressure up on the natural gas because of the demand is higher, so they need to meet the demand. Is there anything that I can do to fix the problem uh, so that I don't have to keep resetting it in the warmer months?
0: It sounds very unusual. Have you contacted the manufacturer of the tankless unit to talk about the situation?
3: Yes, I did. And they wanted me to buy a, an expensive meter that tells the pressure in the gas line. How
1: much is coming into you?
3: Yes. And uh, that was like $130 meter. And I, I was hoping that there would be a cheaper, easier way to, mm. to find out what the problem would be. Well,
0: we first need to know what the problem is. And knowing the gas pressure is one thing. The other thing that I will tell you, and I don't know if you've looked into this, is there's a very, very common installation mistake with tankless water heaters. And that is this. When you install a tanked water heater, you typically typically use a three quarter inch gas line. But with a tankless water heater, you need a larger gas line. The reason is, is because tankless water heaters, in order to work properly, need more gas Mm -hmm. in terms of volume. They They get like a
1: burst of it.
0: They use it for a shorter period of time, so it doesn't actually eat up more gas, but it needs a larger flow of gas. And very commonly, plumbers put undersized gas pipes in, which cause this exact problem. So I would look beyond the water heater to the size of the gas line. I document that and contact the manufacturer and find out if, in fact, this water heater was installed consistent with their recommendations in terms of the gas line, okay. because that could be your problem right there and then. And the other thing is, in terms of the uh, gas pressure, I'd also contact the gas utility company and ask them if there's adjustments to the pressure, because it sounds like pretty good speculation on your friend's part that the pressure could change. But knowing utilities like I do, I, I doubt that they're going to be doing that, because that could have all sorts <laughs> of adverse effects. Right. Thank you, guys. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Joanne in Virginia is dealing with some walls that are cracking up. Tell us about it.
2: Hi. I'm really glad that I'm on here. You know, I thought it was a figment of my imagination, but it's <laughs> wonderful. It is so wonderful to know that you all are um, out there willing to help. So this is the deal. I have a two-story home. It has a um, family room off of the kitchen, and um, that family room has a skylight. It also has a door that leads out to the back patio. Over the door, uh, there is a crack in the wall, and it's where two beams join. I have routinely scraped out the crack, wet it repatched it done the plaster thing mm-hmm. sanded it and it looks good for a while and then the creeping crack starts again a couple of months later it's the same thing over and over again and
0: joanne this is an intersection between uh the wall and the, and the ceiling was it
2: right okay. And somebody said it might be like you know just the house settling but how many times does it have to settle
0: well, it's not exactly settling, but it is the house moving. The house is expanding and contracting and there's gonna be the the wall and the ceiling are gonna move at different rates. And mm-hmm. simply sanding it and spackling it is not addressing the problem. What you wanna do is the next time this happens and you get good and ready to do it sand it down really well, and then put uh-huh. uh, a piece of perforated drywall tape over it. Fiberglass the, tape. Yeah, the kind of looks like okay. fiberglass. Is sort of a bit sticky-backed. And then okay. spackle through that, and that will bridge the gap between the ceiling and the wall.
1: And you want to do mm. like three thin coats over it. You want to put a coat on, let it dry, sand it, then go again. And this way you can feather out the edges. And you can really, I know it looks like you're not going to make that tape disappear, but you will.
0: Yeah, and the drywall is just not elastic, so it doesn't stretch. And therefore, the next time the house expands and contracts, it cracks again.
2: That's wonderful news, because I was doing all the things you said, except for that magic tape. So if I put the <laughs> tape in there... It's
0: always one thing. Joanne, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Joe in South Carolina needs help with a decking project. What's going on?
5: Hey, what I have is I had a pre-existing deck on my house, and I added on to it. And the pre-existing deck was already painted, so of course I painted the uh, the addition. And paint doesn't stick to uh, decks, of course. So I'm wondering what you think of this uh, vinyl siding type of liquid vinyl siding and that sort of application.
0: Lots of uh, consumer complaints over that product. There's been some FTC uh, issues. And there's a lot of hate mail and hate email going on around the website from people that have had very, very bad experiences. Frankly, I've never heard anything good about the liquid siding products. So I don't really see any reason to recommend them. And knowing as much as I do about the paint industry, I know that if you purchase a good quality paint or a good quality stain, and if you apply it consistent with the manufacturer's directions, you will get one that adheres properly and lasts for many, many, many years.
5: Okay. I'll give that a try.
0: All right, good luck with that project, Joe. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
1: Well, one Money Pit listener out there is trying to deal with a mysterious stain that they just can't get out. We're going to try to clear up that confusion when we come back. On
2: the Money Pit radio show.
4: Money Pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Ryobi manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie.
0: Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler.
1: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: And are you too shy to call us? Well, why don't you email your question instead? We try to answer as many as we can right here on the show in our newsletter and also on my new blog at walletpop.com. Let's get right to those emails. Starting with Bill in Columbus, Ohio.
1: All right, Bill writes I have a pink substance on the floor of my shower that won't go away. I think it's from the water, but
0: it's only in the shower. What do I do? Sounds like hard water, Bill. Um, If you've got hard water, you've got a lot of mineral deposits in the water. They will form on the shower floor. They like to attach to the grout. They also like to attach to the inside of the shower faucets themselves. You might find that your fixtures in the shower can get somewhat clogged. Your sink aerators get clogged if you've got hard water. A good solution is a product called Easy Water. It requires no plumbing to install. Details are at easywater.com. It basically uses electricity to take the charge out of all of those mineral particles so they don't stick to stuff, including uh, your shower floor. Mm -hmm. To clean up that deposit, you can probably use uh, CLR, which is a great cleaner that will pull away calcium, lime, and rust deposits. Think it's uh, too
1: far gone for some white vinegar?
0: um, You know, you could try white vinegar, but if it doesn't work, CLR will definitely get it out.
1: All right, next up, Robert in Long Island, New York writes, and this, Tom, is right up your alley. My son is planning his Eagle Scout project. Ah. (laughs) What he wants to do is make a sign for a historical cemetery. He wants to sink two four-by-fours in cement and put outdoor plywood between the posts. He wants to apply thinset and place photo tiles to the thinset. He's going to add a drip edge at the top and put wood around the perimeter. Is this the right way to do
0: this? Sounds like a great project, Robert. A couple of things to keep in mind. First of all, um, those 4x4s, you don't necessarily have to set them in cement. In fact, I prefer to set posts not in cement because you get better drainage. So you want to set those deep into the ground. You want to fill them with stone around the outside, compacted very, very well. And you'll find that they're rock solid. Now, in mm-hmm. terms You're not going
1: to the... get any movement, especially no, with tile there?
0: No, I'm telling you, it's really tough stuff. Uh, now, in terms of the uh, the plywood itself... Um, More importantly, you need to build a really, really stiff board because remember, tile does not bend. So just a sheet of plywood is not going to do it. You got to make a real strong frame. I would use a good quality mastic to adhere those tiles to and make sure you cover the top edge so you don't get water between the tile and the wood, which could cause them to freeze and pop off.
1: All right, Robert, good luck with your son's Eagle Scout project.
0: Well, if both your plumbing and your bank account have been frozen, you probably have suffered a money crunch from time to time. But guess what? That does not have to derail your plans to redecorate. In fact, you might not need to drop a whole bundle to make your space look brand spanky new. Leslie's got tips on how to do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word.
1: Yeah, that's right. The easiest and cheapest way to change the look of your room... Rearrange the furniture. It is free and it will still make everything feel fresh and new. And go around your house and look at different props or lamps or side tables and blankets and bring those in from those other rooms into the room you're trying to freshen up. And you can rearrange all of your decorative items all year long. And that really does a wonderful job of keeping a space feeling fresh and not letting you get bored with how something looks. Also think about adding a pop of color from your bedroom with pillows or a chair from the living room. If you look at your home with a keen eye, you will always find ways to mix and match what you already own. Look at what you've got. It always looks fresh. If you just move it, maybe a couple inches to the left.
0: And speaking of redecorating, are you looking for a fresh coat of paint and a fresh start to the new year? Coming up next week on the program, we've got the inside scoop on the 2009 hottest color trends. Be the first one to have the new cool colors for your walls. We'll tell you the top picks right here next week on The Money Pin. I'm Tom Kreitler. And
1: I'm Leslie Segretti.
0: Helping you build big dreams.